good, everyone? Welcome back. It is probably one of your favorite podcasts, the Wise and Moisturized Podcast, and I am here with one of my favorite people. Go ahead and Gary, ain't, ain't, ain't no motherfucking, ain't no motherfucking. Probably we are. We are at the front. You know what I'm saying? Because that's right. We, we getting it done at the civilian level. All right. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Fuck being humble. We are fucking it up for the for the for the twelve people that consistently listen. We we be making y'all day when y'all get that notification. All right. Yeah. I You're welcome. I ain't, I ain't even pressed because you know what? That's we got enough people to keep me. To keep me motivated to do this motherfucker right now. Imagine if we got to a yundo. You know what I'm saying? We'd be out here. That would be indeed crazy, but absolutely in our future. Right. I mean, it's it's attainable. If we if we can believe it, we can achieve it. I'm about to say if we can believe it. We can achieve it. That is really how you know you worked in education. Yeah, because that is the one. That's some educational ass shit. That's like that's some shit that would be like a, a middle school's like mantra or something like that. Yeah, like, like our motto is if you can believe it, you can achieve it. Like every day after the Pledge of Allegiance, they make every kid say it or some shit like a daily affirmation. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, Gary, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, just had uh, one of my rap shows this past weekend, and it was wildly successful. AA. A lot of talent, a lot of connections. Um, it's a lot of cool shit. I am doing my best to make hip hop history in South Jersey, and it's going really well. Well, let me know if you need anyone to do your um, ab libs. A- ab libs? Yeah. Your ab libs. No, bro. Your ad libs. You know what I meant. Okay. You're mad Aggie Free when bringing that to everyone's attention, but yes. <laughs> hey, I can be like your takeoff. Mama. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's uh we'll we'll strongly consider it and email you my findings. Oh my god, not emailing me. That's crazy. So you never hit me back. Honestly, I could rap, but somebody else got to write them for me. Like it's not the delivery. My pen game is just not strong. That's the problem. Okay, all right. You're okay, so you need a ghostwriter. I do need a ghostwriter, but I absolutely get up there and ah, rap. Absolutely. Yep. It's like public do, speaking, but what bad. Free rap. Ah. Ah. <laughs> ah. I want y'all to know that when Paige did that, she she damn near put her tongue on her chin. Like she 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 really sent it. <laughs> that's that's how you're supposed to do it. That's how you're supposed to do it. Um, but yeah. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad your rap career is continuing to reach new heights. Um it certainly is. I've been chilling. I've been busy. Uh, unfortunately, these last couple times I've been in New Jersey, I've had very specific things to do, so I'm not able to see all my folks, um, but I was in New Jersey this past weekend for my aunt's 60th birthday and for Father's Day, which was a nice reason to get the family together for something celebratory. Mm-hmm. Um, she really enjoyed it. My dad really enjoyed it. Yo, I took my dad to see The Blackening. <laughs> so oh, I really wanted to see that movie. And I hit my dad up like, you want to see the blackening? Because my dad loves going to movies. He was like, yeah. So I'm like, I bet. So I get tickets for me, my dad, <clears throat> my husband, and my sister. Who's but I did no research into this movie. I just knew it was a movie. Like, it was like a black horror film. That's supposed to be a little bit of funny. Bro, immediately, it's like sex references. They say in the N-word. And I am like, should I have left dad at home? 
But he said he enjoyed it. He said he might even go back and see it again. I said, wow. oh, okay. Honestly, I will, let me keep it 100 with you real quick. Quick impromptu movie review. Gary put a spoiler thingy. I'm probably not going to spoil it, but put a spoiler thingy in the description. <laughs> not that clap. Spoiler. Potential spoiler for Thank you. The for the blackening. Um, it's good, but it's also like cheesy. Like it very much gives um scary movie vibe. Like enjoyable. Like the first scary movie was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it also was kind of like low budget. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's what I would say is like it was good. Um, there's like a couple big names in there, but a lot of the people I feel like are like TV celebrities. But it was mm-hmm. good. Like I thought the acting was good ish. And the premise was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. And we saw it like for a matinee. So it was like $12 each. So for $12 each, I'm not even mad. Um, but yeah, I definitely. Mm-hmm. At least in New Jersey, they do. I'm very surprised by that. Because these days when they, when everything is just substantially more expensive, I thought they would have just canceled the matinee. Like, fuck y'all. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that a matinee costs twelve fifty, but like. That's how much I a regular like ticket used to movies, cost. I about to say yeah, but I, I feel like an average like, now like twenty five dollars, like eleven, twelve dollars, and a matinee was like. Or you six. could go to the movies for like five dollars flat, right? Like you know what I mean. You could go to the movies with like twenty dollars in your pocket. You could get a movie ticket and like a popcorn and a drink and maybe even play an arcade game. Lord willing, we was living. Y'all don't know. Y'all wasn't outside. You wasn't. <laughs> you little asses. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, I. I've been okay. Uh, it's been a little bit of a hectic time at work, so I've just been trying to get that done and doing the exercises that my mental health therapist has been telling me have actually been going really, really well for me. I've been really trying to tackle my anxiety, and I also struggle with intrusive thoughts, but not like, you know, like really heavy, like suicidal thoughts, just like my intrusive thoughts be like, <clears throat> you ain't shit, or that outfit is ugly. Look at your hair is a mess. Oh, so like, like an intrusive self thoughts that are like negative self talk. Yes, hmm, like a lot okay. of self doubt, self talk, and so like one thing I actually am really proud of. By the time this comes out, I don't know when what week will be on, but this particular week, I work fully remote, but like I have a lot of stuff to do because it's the end of the half and it's the end of our fiscal year, and I work for a for profit company, so there's like things that come along with that. Um, that are new to me because that's not how our other job has worked. And so I knew that I needed to be productive and I have made it to work every single day this week. Um, I'm not going in the two yeah. next days because I feel like I got enough done, but like, and it was pretty hard. And I feel like for some people, like getting up and going to work is not a thing they struggle with and God bless them. Mm-hmm. I don't struggle with it because I don't like my job. I just struggle with it because my anxiety is just bad right now. And so like, things will go wrong or I'll wake up a little bit late or I'll just start to feel so anxious that it feels like pointless to even attempt to do a thing. Mm. And so I've been really working on doing the thing anyway. And I always feel better. Like I'm so proud of myself and I feel really good about not going into work tomorrow because I've been able to go into work and get so much like work done that I can now comfortably do work at home again. Which is nice, but like it's still difficult. Like, you know, still been some tears, still been some overwhelmed feelings, but like overall making progress and like therapy has been really hard, but it has been tremendously helpful. 
Mm -hmm. um, with my ability to do things, my mental health, probably the most helpful therapist I've seen in a while. So over here, we're thriving. I mean, sometimes we're wilting, but we're we're mostly we're thriving. (laughs) (laughs) Paige did a motion for wilting and then I wilted right after her way harder. Uh, yeah, he did. He wilted at me in, way in too so, hard. In solidarity. In solidarity. All right. Well, let's get off the uh, but wait, the catch ups. Let me. But no, let me. Let me relate to you real quick. Okay, go ahead. I'm about to. I, you about to, go ahead. I go off, to, King. I need to let a homie know they're not alone. <laughs> let me know. But no, I um, I definitely my my damn self. I've been heavy on the like, kind of like work. For me, like the hard to go to work part, um, it's not for me. I guess it's not so much anxiety. It's just more like an over overwhelming sense of like melancholy and kind of existential dread. Um, that just like talk about it overtakes me and like so like for me like I am one hundred percent like I actively wake up in time to be on time for work and like essentially choose to be late every day. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know it doesn't really impact what I have going on. Um, like if I'm like late or whatever, but it's just like, like, for example, like I'll wake up in time to, I've kind of mapped it out to where I know how long it'll take me to wake up, shower, get dressed, get my shit together, be out the door. But like, I'll stay in the shower longer and just like, just kind of rotisserie myself while I'm thinking about life. Knowing <laughs> damn well, I'm taking too fucking long. Knowing damn well, like by the time I, like by the time I get out the shower, there's just no feasible way for me to be at work, not 15 to 20 minutes late. Um, but I just do it anyway. And like, I do it every morning and it's like, it's not like I don't know I'm doing it. It's just like, I'm just like, that's just what work does to me. Like I work up, like I wake up with every intention of doing the right thing, but then it just doesn't go that way. I get there and I'm just like, yep, I did it again. Well, question. I I have two, I have a question and a thought. Do you get to work like late? around the same day every day? Like, are you always there between, like, 9.20 and 9.30? Or are you getting there at, like, 9.20 some days? Or are you getting there at 10? Like, Oh, no, it's never that deep. It's always, like, the same amount of late. It's always, like, maybe 20 to 30-ish minutes late. Okay. So then yeah. what my therapist would challenge me, and so I'll challenge you, <clears throat> is to say that you actually get on t- – you get to work – in a, on time for you like obviously like you coming in at 9 30 is not an issue so like who's to say that your like start time is at 9 30 but like i used to also feel bad like oh i needed to take a little extra time this morning and maybe like right now you're in a season where that's every morning mm-hmm. but my therapist would say like well what's wrong with that like identifying that you need that and if taking that additional time makes the rest of the day bearable or is going to put you in a space that's better than where you currently are then like wouldn't you say you're doing the right thing? I mean, high key, yeah. Because like, uh, and I, and, and I, I think in my head I was kind of starting to think that way, but I just kind of felt like I was just fine being ass. But I was like, no, we use positive language over here. Um, Absolutely positive self talk. Because for me, it feel on time. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, I mean, my, if you're getting there around the same time every single day, and it's not interfering with your job, it just sounds like that you modified your start time to nine thirty. And because I know you still work in higher ed, there's no need to nickel and dime you for that time because I'm sure you're giving it back in other places. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it sounds like you've actually been getting to work right on time and you've increased your morning routine to reflect your needs. I'm proud of you, Gary. Hey, this is the kind of support I need. 
<laughs> when I walk, when I walk, that's what we call reframing. <laughs> when I walk the fucking bottom there, I'm gonna call you too. Like, yeah, Paige, make this make sense. <laughs> and don't you worry, boo. I will answer the phone and help you out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah. I snuck somebody today. Tell me why it was a good idea. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> But honestly, you saying that is a perfect segue to our next wild-ass topic. Let's get it. So again, not certain when this is going to come out, but I feel like this will be relevant no matter what the time is. I want to talk about that submersible. Submersible? The submersive. It's not allowed to to be called a sub, so they're calling it a submersive. Submersible. But the Ocean Gate subway, um, not subway, Ocean Gate uh, submarine issue. Yeah. So are you familiar with this issue? I certainly am. It's been all over the interwebs. It has been. Again, not certain when this is going to come out, so I will provide some context for our listeners. Um, You probably have heard of this, um, but there is a company called OceanGate, and they have created this Titan submarine that is to be used for tourism to basically the bottom of the ocean. So they're essentially doing what SpaceX is doing with space <clears throat> with the ocean. And so um, this happened on Sunday, June 18th. They went out to the Titanic. So the Titanic, the reason why this is pretty important is because I never did. I didn't know this, but the, the Titanic sunk in very, very deep water. It's about 12,000 feet below sea level. like underneath the water. So like we don't really have, as a society, we don't really have a lot of vehicles that can make it that far, let alone manned vehicles. So the fact that they were taking this trip was pretty extraordinary because there has not been many trips down to the wreckage because it's just logistically a nightmare to get living people down there Um, because it's not even a depth of water where if God forbid something happened, you could swim up underneath that kind of atmospheric pressure like the human body cannot withstand like you just immediately cease to exist yeah you get crushed yeah like you're exactly like you're like a soda can on a highway though like not like just somebody's foot like on a fucking highway like a tractor trailer hit your ass um and so uh basically this company has decided to privatize this and so um they created this titan submarine that can fit up to five adults who while sitting crisscross applesauce is about the size of a minivan um it is run by a logic tech uh game controller similar to sony playstation but it's actually knockoff and like there's only one window and they use basically like this Dell computer system. There's like a old and an old interview from CNN from like 2020 um, where like a reporter goes for a ride in it. And the CEO was like so proud that there's only one button in the whole damn thing. And that they like got a lot of these parts from like campers world and other like over like regular sourced items. So I just want to paint this picture for you. So this is a homemade submarine with parts that you can order from Amazon that they are taking to some of the deepest parts of the ocean. They charge these people 250,000 dollars American each. Wow. I just really need everyone to understand this because there are, I believe there are three guests 
on the boat and then like two workers, like the pilot and the CEO. Obviously the CEO didn't pay, but those three guests paid three fourths of a million dollars, $750,000 to essentially die at the bottom of the ocean potentially. And the part that really gets me, um, and I'll get to like, I'll finish telling the story, but there's been lots of um, quotes that have been taken from the CEO from previous interviews, basically saying that like, if you want to live safely, stay at home. And some of these safety, like the government stress on passenger safety has really halted innovation. Like it was very clear to him that like safety was an afterthought. He was like, I feel like that we need to push the needle on this. Um, And so they launched the submarine last Sunday. They have, they, while in the middle of this voyage, which takes about eight hours, they lost contact with the base, which is also not uncommon apparently with the submarine because uh, again, apparently because the water salinity and density is different than air, it actually makes messages very difficult to be transmitted. That's why they also don't have GPS. That's why we don't know where they are because you cannot use GPS in water. Who would have thunk? So um, they're basically down there. They had 96 hours of oxygen. Um, it's now Wednesday. They have not found the sub yet. They're about 20 um, hours of oxygen left, allegedly. That's if everything is still working. And so I've been looking into like a lot of this because it really, <clears throat> it really grinds my gears. The first thing I want to say is shout out or, you know, thoughts and prayers <clears throat> to the families of these people mm-hmm. because that is difficult. Like you are suffering from someone else's um, decision. All the three people on there, I think one is a um, French, like, uh, I don't know, fisherman or something. He's like a French person who do something with the water. I can't remember exactly who it is. And then it's like uh, Pakistani's like richest like man and his son. Mm. And then the CEO of the company and the pilot. And so like the pilot, I do feel bad because, you know, I'm assuming you are a working person. So I really, my heart goes out to their families. My heart goes out to the families of everyone else, but to the people actually on this, the adults on this thing, I, I'm struggling having sympathy for them because they paid to do this. They signed an extensive waiver that on the first page apparently lists three different ways that you could die. Mm. And they really decided to try to privatize the ocean, something that we know nothing about. Rich people don't have boundaries. This was not a governmental or nonprofit or educational trip to do something to help someone to find something. These were people who wanted to get in a fucking submarine to say that they've seen the Titanic up close and personal and be able to have that as a talking point over fucking dinner. And what bothers me is that we're using government resources. They have mobilized the Nova Scotia, Canada Coast Guard, the American Coast Guard. They're flying planes. They're dropping drones and buoys to try to triangulate. Apparently, a submarine from a different country has picked up on some faint tapping that may indicate that the people inside are still alive. 
All that is well and good, but we are using probably tens of millions of dollars to save these billionaires who don't pay taxes and who chose to be in this situation. When I know right here in America, there are kids who don't have money for lunch, who don't have a clean place to sleep at night. There are people who are being denied health care and are homeless, denied the mental health care that they need. Who People are just losing their rights here. And we are using tens of millions of dollars to find people who essentially willingly went to the bottom of the ocean and fucked a tin can. Nope. I have more thoughts, but this is go off, Gary. I just I want I just had to get that initial out because I'm really pissed actually about it. Yeah, no, that's wild. These these niggas really might die trying to flex. And that, really, and that's really just that's just really the the cliff notes of it. Like some rich niggas got in a sardine can, got dropped in the ocean, and might and might perish trying to flex. It's because they wanted to see. Where Jack and Rose got it on up close. Right. And it's quite bananas. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. De- I, I mean, I definitely agree with everything you said. It's definitely just a very – logistically, it's a very odd usage of resources and materials. Um, also, social media niggas play too much, of course. Because the, there's already there's already jokes. <laughs> so many memes. There's so Facebook, many memes. Uh, Facebook been wilding all day, uh, and I I'd be lying if I said I didn't snicker at a few because niggas play too much, bro. Uh, and I I I hope and pray that everybody is able to make it out of this alive, and that you know a valuable lesson is learned here. Uh, but man, it's doubtful because it's the fucking sea. <laughs> I have sympathy for the families. Um, but some of the things that I've been seeing, some of the discourse that I've been seeing is like, this is what happens when um, privilege goes unchecked. Like, mm. this is white supremacy being unchecked. Think about it. You all are trying to turn outer space and the bottom of the ocean into tourist attractions? Yeah. Like, you don't get to privatize that. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, like, you can, or you can attempt to, rather, to create these experiences, but these are now going to be once-in-your-lifetime experiences. Ah. (laughs) Because... There was no reason to do this. Y'all are just spending money to spend money. And the the fact of the matter is the other piece, like this is this is what's most important. In 2017, Stockton Rush, the CEO of the comp of Ocean Gate, the company that owns the missing submarine, called it invulnerable in or yeah, invulnerable. Um he said this uh Basically, he's quoted to say, at some point, safety is a pure waste. I mean, if you just want to be safe, don't get out of bed and don't get in your car. Don't do anything. At some point, you're going to have to take some risks. And it really is a risk reward question. Exactly. And with that, I ask, what is the reward of going to see the Titanic? You can't take anything with you. You have to look out of a tiny peephole. You're in the 
darkest, coldest part of this ocean with no one else around. I'm sure you can't even take really good pictures. Not to mention, have you no fucking reverence? Do you know how many people died there? Believe in God, believe in whatever. But all these white Christian men, a lot of the times, who be believing in God, allegedly. If you believe in the Holy Ghost, then you believe in spirits. Like, you know what I mean? Like, would you take a trip to the center of a of a of a graveyard? Like y'all down there disturbing the peace in a very trauma-filled area. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even mm-hmm. if you don't believe in energy, there's no way that that many people die in a space and it does not impact the like vibes around it, period. Yeah. I just like the whole thing is just like, and then the worst part about it is it's on every news cycle. Like again, everybody's been scrambled and mobilized when you literally have people who are dying on little boats from Haiti, from Cuba, from um, any other, like from any other country that we see who are getting turned around, who are getting captured by the Coast Guard, who's like, you know what I mean? Like all these things. And it's like, so we have the resources. Y'all are trying to rescue people from a point in the ocean that we only have three vehicles that can make it there. And, and like most of them aren't manned. Like, even if they are alive down there, there is no way we would be able to get them. Yeah. They have pulled up pieces of of the Titanic, apparently, but the most recent one took three years logistically to figure it out. It ain't looking good. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and you have to wonder, like, what was the reason just to say you did something? Just because you can say you did something doesn't mean you can't. And and the part that, like, I think that grinds my gears the most is that people out here are busting their ass every month to make ends meet. And you got so much money, you accidentally killed yourself in this weird submarine experiment. Because the thing is, like, this is not plastic surgery that people do all the time, even though we know people, like, die from that all the time. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not, like, a tried and true method. Even SpaceX was slightly more safe in that we have had, like, aircraft that has been able to, like, break the atmosphere that allows for, like, weightlessness for, like, a matter of seconds. It's not, like, very long. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know what I mean? We've been putting humans into space for significantly longer than we have been able to reach the bottom of the, of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like for you to say so blatantly that safety's not a thing. And and it's very apparent that there has been very few safety precautions. And that's the other piece that bothers me is that, I mean, the CEO was going to do it no matter what, that this seems to be a money grab. I think it's great justice that he's at least on this because God forbid in a different situation it would be like a lower income worker or something yeah, and like, like you know what I mean? Yeah. One, two, the other piece is that all you adults sat there and read the um the waiver and like I'm wondering, did you do any research beforehand? 
Like that's what I'm thinking. I'm like over. Like like did it never occur to you? Like you really let this white man convince you that you were going to be safe in the bottom of the ocean? Like help me understand how y'all got there. This has got to be some 100 percent thrill seeker shit. Like they they had to be some like adrenaline junkies or something to be in like one of them people that just free climb mountains and shit without no kind of without no type of safety harnesses or equipment or I don't know some because like yeah to to have everything presented in front of you of like what could go wrong still go through that just don't really add up to me and, and somebody. And for that matter, just somebody, the whoever the CEO dude you said that had that had that wild quote about like disregarding safety. It's like that's a wild position to be in to be so like rogue and rebellious. To like be that person and be all like, oh, you know, no, no, no nuts, no glory about like like human safety in the name of like scientific innovation is a bit is a bit mad. Like that's. That's kind of problem speech when it when 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 it results in this kind of like action happening as a result. Well, see, that's the issue is that as a capitalist society, we value what people have and what they can bring to the pay- table, not people like not what people truly are. So there is this very interesting correlation between people who have hundreds of millions of dollars and intelligence. They are constantly pushing this narrative that because I have more money than you, then I must be more intelligent than you. When in reality, you're probably just a criminal. Yes. And that's a different story for a different day. Because I would argue that this is fraud. And I would sue the shit out of that company. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but the long story short, it's like we saw it with Elon Musk when he brought Twitter. He brought Twitter because he swore he could run it better than everyone else, even though he paid like way more than it was worth. And he basically just ruined it. Or how he also felt like he... Elon Musk has like 10 kids because he feels like, like it is like part of his responsibility to like keep his gene pool alive. Like something that we have to understand as a society is people's wealth has no correlation to their actual intellect because we don't give money on an intellectual basis. Like that's the thing is like we've convinced ourselves that people earn their money. And the thing is that people don't earn their money. Quite often they steal it. Yeah. It all, and money, the best, it like, you know what I mean? And the best thieves their, don't know. It also doesn't determine their ethics and morality is, is, is either. Right. Like, people often equate, oh, he's a billionaire, so I respect him. I automatically respect his opinion. I automatically think he can do no wrong or that I think that he knows something that we don't that allowed him to elevate to exactly. that level. I see that every day on fucking Facebook. Every time I see an Elon Mustang, mm-hmm. oh, I like the fact that he's a billionaire, but he's still like, he still just does whatever the fuck he wants and has all these fuck the government moments. And it's just like, man, if you don't. Anyway. Like y'all, y'all are missing the entire point, but I think this, I think this is a hard lesson learned. Let this be a clear sign of Darwinism. And I think we need to, again, rethink what we're allowing as a society. Like, look at this. Like, rich people are the ones who advocate for less regulation because they want to be able to make the most money. And that is going to directly come back and bite them in the ass. Having money does not save you from stupidity. And it was not smart for them to get in a submarine to go, and that's the thing. It's like it's one thing to be in a submarine and go a little bit deep, 
But you guys decided to go to the one of the deepest parts of the ocean. I mean, like, it is, it's, like, hard to fathom how deep it is. But, like, even the Empire, like, I saw on this article, just to give you, like, if you're having a hard time, because I struggle with abstract concepts. From the surface of the water, if you had the Empire State Building, like, upside down, it would be between 1,000 and... I would say 1.8 thousand feet into the water. the The wreck of the Titanic is 12 thousand feet. So like it's like there's nothing touching that. Like it's further than where we think great um, giant squids are, and further than sperm whales can dive. Like it is a place where it is dark. There is no sunlight there. Like it is a part of the world that is not explored because we physically cannot like withstand the pressures there. And so again, it's something that needs to be taken seriously. And I think like you play stupid games and you win stupid prizes. And so again, I am sorry that someone is going to lose their husband and dad and brother and son from all this. And that's going to be very difficult, but this was dumb. This was not, this was rich nigga problems. Exactly. Like this is not something that, Right, like this is not like the Apollo 13 or whatever Apollo 1 that blew up in the atmosphere. This is not a scientific mission. They have no um, intendencies to like, intentions, that's the word I'm looking for. They have no intentions to better (laughs) society. The only thing they want to do is line their pockets. They want this to be deregulated so they can load up more rich people into these tiny tin cans and bring it to the bottom of the ocean. I mean, honestly, I don't hate the plan, but I just... I, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> Nor do I. Well said. But thank you. Yeah, I really had to get that off my chest. I see. I uh, I get it. These, these tragic rich nigga problems are. Yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those. Uh, one of those firsts. One of those new things that are like, oh, that's a different things i can't even say thing to worry about because none none of our black asses will ever be on the sardine can in the ocean um because you know we just can't afford it <laughs> that's not how i'm trying to meet my ancestors at all at all so all right what's all next on the agenda and, gary yeah um so i want to talk about some uh, some important things that happened in hip hop culture, yeah. namely um, Jack Harlow, the white boy rapper from Kentucky, who has been all the rage for the last couple years. You may know him for uh, his his biggest songs were "What's Poppin'" a couple years ago, and uh, then he had that song "First Class" where he sampled Fergie. Kind of his, I guess those were like his biggest hits. But I'm a big fan of him. I thought "Best Friend" was also a big one too. Oh, okay, "Best Friend." Yeah, I guess maybe I didn't identify that one as a major. But anyway, anywho, me and Paige are both Jack Harlow fans. Um, and he just put out his album called Jack Man. Uh, I think like a maybe like a week or two ago, something like that. Can't remember exactly how long ago it was, but. Um, very good album, but there's a song on there that I want to talk about called Gang Gang Gang. So right now, podcast homework, you you have permission to pause right here, listen to the song Gang 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 by Jack Harlow, and then come back. 
because it'll help you understand the conversation a lot more. So do that now. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> it's these claps. It's these claps for me. <laughs> you like how I did the clap? I do uh, like how you did the clap. So well, so welcome back. We're, we're, we're going to say welcome back, assuming that you listened to the song. Even if you didn't, we'll, you know, you'll still rock with the message overall. So the song Gang 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 um, is essentially about... Um, you know, the, the the main hook is like ride for my dogs, lie for my dogs, die for my dogs. It's like kind of about how like this, this, this unspoken man code of like loyalty to your boys, like, you know, holding down your homies, you know, we'll be friends for life, you know, I'll always have your back. Kind of these just like, you know, these values that we create as men. Um, but then he, in the verses, he talks about these very like horrible things that you learning that your friends have done these horrible things. Like, for example, sexual assault. And uh, pedophilia, namely, are the ones that he talks about in the song. Like, you know, a guy like, like the 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 scenario of finding out that somebody that you you know went to grade school with or you know been friends with since you were just like in diapers is now has been convicted of a crime as egregious as like rape or like you know like sexual involvement with a child, and how once that happens, all that gang 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 stuff goes out the window. Um, and of course, in the songs, he gives these very extreme examples and like. There's a lot of kind of vivid imagery to it that kind of, you know, it really kind of makes you think like, damn, um, it, it really does construct that whole ride for my dogs, die for my dogs thing. And even in the song, he says like, you know, it's like, you know, it's love is conditional, unconditional until it has to be conditional. And like, you know, it's, you know, for life until it ain't, you know, I can I can hold you down, but with it, but with an asterisk, you know, like there's certain things that are unforgivable in life. Um, and I just think it's a very important conversation like i you know i'm i'm a i'm a rapper as you all know i hip-hop culture is a big part of my life um rap still a very young genre and there's still a lot of innovations being made within within rap music and i i personally love uh when a fresh take happens in rap because you don't see that a lot you know you know a lot of rap is of course about like you know partying and love and drinking and drugs and sex and all that type of stuff so, you know, there's not a lot of takes and there's not a lot of perspectives that haven't already been said in, in rap music. But whenever there is one where I feel like someone truly is the first person to talk about something on a song, I always really appreciate that because, you know, it's, it, it, always, it always sparks conversations that need to be had. And so for first, first things first, kudos to Jack Harlow for making that song because I think it's really dope and really important. And then secondly, now that we've talked about the song, I kind of want to get into that subject matter. Um, Specifically because um, as a man, I have a lot, you know, I have a, I have a deeper glimpse into the male perspective. I've seen, you know, I've been in a room full of men and seen, seen that quote unquote locker room talk about certain shit. And I, you know, and, and you don't even need all that. Sometimes you can just look at social media and see how people um, sometimes defend other men when it comes to really egregious things. We talk about Tory Lanez on here a lot. Um, and think about how often we talked about men coming to the defense of Tory Lanes, even though he shot somebody and being like, oh, she, he ain't do it. She set him up and all this other type of shit. And it's like, think back to Chris Brown. Oh, Chris Brown don't need to beat or rape nobody. Chris Brown can get all the pussy he wants in the world. Why does Chris Brown got to rape somebody? Like all people idolize certain men and just refuse to see them as anything but perfect. Um, and that's just the ones that we see in like society, you know, as far as like, uh, like celebrity and things like that. But think about how often as well, people refuse to believe that their homeboys are capable of doing something wrong. You know, like 
being told by a girl that, you know, your homeboy did something creepy or, you know, or like kind of like did something that invaded her personal space or her body. Um, but nobody wants to believe it because they want to believe that their homeboy would never do nothing. No, no, he's not that type of dude. You know, you must have you must have had the wrong idea about what's happening. And like it's just things that happen. It's ugly and everyone likes to play that game. Like I saw comments on the video on the music video for that song of the dudes being like, damn, Jack Harlow, what kind of friends you got? You know, with like laughing emojis and saying like, oh, you got some fucked up friends, like completely missing the point. Completely missing the point because these people live among us. They could be your homies. There's a chance that somebody that you are friends with right now did some creepy shit that you don't know about. Maybe he didn't get convicted of a crime or anything like that, but it did happen. There could be a woman or a person or anybody out there that experienced that thing from this person. and You don't even know about it, but you're still riding for your dog. So, Paige, what do you have to say on the topic? I mean, when I agree, I I do understand the concept of, like, that shift in your reality, right? Like, it's like if somebody were to come and say, like, Gary beat me up. Mm-hmm. I think I would have, I would struggle to be like, Gary, mm-hmm. Gary from Montclair, Gary, Gary, when I have a podcast with Gary. And so I do understand the initial um, confusion or denial But I think what bothers me is that, like, once there's, like, evidence, like he said, like, again, not that we shouldn't believe one, like, we shouldn't believe if just only one woman comes forward that we shouldn't believe because it's only one. I believe women, period. But it's one thing for you to be like, this is a one thing, and, like, maybe I was in a, a, like, wrong situation, bad timing. But in the song, he's like, yo, seven girls have accused him of rape. It'd be like that. It'd be like... Yo, seven girls, ten girls, five girls, three girls. And again, the number of people should not matter. But I am a human and I can understand your initial response is to want to defend someone who you care about because you would hope that you're not friends with someone who's like that. But I think a lot of times the evidence be there and that behavior be there too. Like this kind of fits into what I've been seeing on social media. The girl Sukiana, who's like a porn star rap artists i don't really love her because i feel like she does a lot of ghetto shit and (laughs) i feel like when black people are doing overly like extravagant ghetto shit it's like pandering for whites but long story short she was at some kind of event and i guess he's a rapper i think it's like why why ko serious cyrus what's his name gary what his name is yko cyrus page yko cyrus tried to kiss her on the mouth while she's like sitting at like a table, I think she was doing some kind of like press conference or something. And like, you can see her kind of like pushing her head back, but like he was really going for it and then leaves and laughs. And it's like, that's not funny. Like somebody should have stopped him. Like, you know what I mean? Like as soon as he leaned in, there's two men sitting next to her. No one stops him as she's going like this. Like who would ever want a stranger or anyone that you're not cool with to kiss you on the mouth? First of all, I don't know where your mouth's been. You don't know what I got going on with my mouth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird thing. And it's like, right. Like, but that was something that's like, I've seen that happen in real life when I was like younger in high school and been like, that feels weird. And like, now that I have like a better understanding of what that is, like it, it is wrong. And so I think it is important that like Jack Harlow is saying it. Cause like you said, I do think people be like, damn, could never be my friends. Like you got a homeboy that girls don't want to be alone with. Yep. 
or you know what I mean? Like you got, you got a friend who got a temper who don't mm-hmm. care who around and will give it to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to be mindful. I mean, same thing. Like, again, I can't speak to like the pedophilia thing, but like, I have to imagine the same way that R. Kelly was hanging out with young girls. You may or may not have a friend who every time you see them with someone that you got to ask them, like, is that person an adult? Yeah. It's one thing to be in the short grownups. <laughs> Cause I got some friends who are <laughs> short grownups. Shout out to my friends who know them, but I have a friend who's like four, nine, four, ten. So I like, but they look like women. Right. But like a young face, like, you know, you got a friend who's like, Oh, every time you go out with him, you know, you got You're going to get carded. Mm-hmm. Or you know you gonna have to listen to the newest teeny bopper shit. You know, check on your man's. Like you don't. Again, I just think it's an important conversation, like you said, um, that people are being held accountable. And I mean, you know me, I'm always gonna get on my soapbox, but I think it's even better because this is an issue that is prevalent, I believe, with all groups of men. But again, specifically white men, because white supremacy is the dominant culture, it's nice that he's calling out, like, as a white man, that he sees this kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. Because it happens all the time. And it does happen in that community quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that speaks to, like, what we were talking about with the billionaires. I think white men are at the top of the food chain, and so they feel like they can get away with anything. They can do whatever they want. And that includes yes. going to the bottom of the ocean or trying to fuck a kid. So, For again, I, I think it's an important conversation. And I I mean, I have to imagine you're not doing that for clout. But I hope that he's also maybe using some of his influence or money to either donate to spaces that will kind of support, you know, providing men the resources so that they can call out their friends and address it and, you know, be positively confrontational or confrontational in a way that's effective. Um, Cause confrontation yeah. isn't bad. It's just the way that you handle it. So, yeah. um, you know, I hope that he maybe like donates to a men's group or gets to a high school or, you know, does something that will continue to push this narrative further. Cause the song is cool, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. And also don't expect your celebrities to fix your problems. I just want to say that too. Cause they can't At all. Cause they're people. Cause they're dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. Um, but yeah, uh, well said. I think that, yeah, people need to understand the reality of things. Like statistically speaking, some, a guy, somebody in your friend group has done something gross at some point, even if it's just something as simple as like made a, made, made another human being uncomfortable or, or, ha- or been in a situation that somebody found sexually compromising. I'm not saying they went all the way and did it, but like statistically speaking, it's, it's, it's happened. Um, it doesn't mean it was reported. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're, it doesn't mean that, you know, they're, they're facing the consequences of it, but just with how shit goes, just, just know that it's very, it's very real. Like, um, and I mean, like I know for like, for example, I have, uh, it, luckily no one that I've ever been like close friends with um, has ever to my knowledge been like exposed to have done anything like that. But um, like, I do have an example of a dude that I went to high school with um, pretty much outed himself as a groomer. um, If not, if not a pedophile, when he uh, 
I think I, I want to say at the time we had to be maybe like 23, 24, something like that, if I remember correctly. And he posted like a, a very long, like drawn out happy birthday message to his girlfriend, but it was like her 18th birthday. And he, in the post, he referenced how like he had known her. For, he said something like he said something like very directly indicating that he had known her for years. Um, and it was just very like, I guess like he, I think, I think he thought he was being slick by like waiting until she was 18, but it was just like anybody with like common sense could be, could put two and two together and be like, Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, you're a groomer. Okay. You waited until she was 18 to go public. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm pretty, I'm if I might, I'm fairly certain he was a teacher too. So it's like, it made it even more weird. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a guy that I'm, he's not somebody that I was ever really like. He was, he was like a, yo, what's up friend. Like if I saw him at the grocery store, I'd be like, Oh, what's up, bro. Um, but yeah, after I saw that, like I made it a point to like not associate with that human being. I think there was actually a few times he like DM me to like, be like, yo, what's up, man? How you been? And I like dubbed him. I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to entertain that because you're a groomer. So again, not, not as extreme example as a Jack Harlow led where it's like somebody that you were in the sandbox with being exposed for dastardly deeds. But you know, that's just one thing. Like I'm sure there are people who were good friends with that guy I just referenced um, that maybe had to make some hard decisions about whether they still wanted to be in his life or not. Right. And honestly, like, that's really the biggest thing. It's just like, but I mean, you're also showing a good example is pick up on those signs, like whether they're red flags that they're directly offering or things that you see, like, just be mindful because I feel like as humans, we know when we see something that doesn't feel right. Yeah. Sometimes you see something you're like, that feels weird. But when something is like really off, I like to believe that at least everyone has that sense that tells them. But I do understand that as a society, our tolerance for certain things has become very skewed. So just, you know, be careful out there. And if that one friend keeps being in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong girls, then, you know, if everybody got a problem with them, maybe they're the problem. Yes, and my and I'm issuing a, a challenge and a charge to all men: call out rapey behavior from from your guy friends. Like a thing that I've heard a lot in male spaces is shit like you know, oh she, she's like she's playing hard to get, or she's no, she knows what she's doing. She's only playing hard to get because she wants you to take charge or step up or really go for it. And I mean, I don't like that kind of language because. It gives this idea that like women want you to pounce on them, and I'm just like, like I'd rather, I'd rather not accept that kind of behavior and make a guy not like what's all right. Like so, if you here's here's how I look at it: the, the risk to reward. You shut the behavior down. Like so, sorry, you encourage the behavior, and a guy could sure it could just mean he shoots a shot at a girl that he might not shoot a shot with, but it could also mean he forces himself on her because he he remembers all his boys were like, oh, she's just playing hard to get. I got to really go for it and show her I'm assertive. And the next thing you know, he's got a charge or he made some he traumatized some woman. That's the risk. Um, but if you don't do it, oh, okay, maybe he doesn't shoot a shot at that girl, but he also doesn't force himself on her, and then everybody lives happily ever after. And then he maybe he goes and finds another girl the right way without having to be rapey. You know what I mean? So it's like 
I challenge all men, whenever you hear that locker room talk, like, oh, she's playing hard to get, bro. You just got to go for it. You just got to, you know, you got to, oh, she wants you to grip her up and show her you're a man or anything like, nah, we don't, we're not fucking doing that over here. We, none of that, none of that barbarian Neanderthal shit, bro. Like, be nice to her. Respect her boundaries. Ask permission to do every single thing to that woman. Can I say hi? God damn it at this point. Cause y'all, y'all niggas drag it sometimes. Y'all, yes. y'all Andrew Tate ass niggas. <laughs> in conclusion, if you are a male identified person and you feel safe in male spaces and you have good sense and can provide some of this much needed education to your brethren, please do. Pretty please. So I'm going to bring something up that, you know, it could be a recurring statement if more of these pop up. I feel like it could. Um, this segment is going to be called What a Time on the Internet. And for this segment, we're just going to look, you know, we're, we're, we're all, I mean, I'm going to assume most of our listeners are internet adjacent or internet native, meaning that like, you know, life before the internet, uh, you saw, you know, YouTube and MySpace and Facebook and social media kind of blossom and turn into what it is now, which means that you saw all the, you saw all the, the phases of it where there were lots of trends and interesting. And now in our big old age, usually very cringeworthy things happening. Um, so for my, what a time on the internet, I want to talk about the phase where niggas were doing stroke videos. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what a stroke video is, a stroke video would be a video where essentially men, it was men primarily, uh, I guess trying in, in an attempt to show women how good they are in bed, they would like essentially like hump the air and hump the floor and hump ottomans and hump couches and hump a- and hump other inanimate objects, um, usually some type of like saucy R&B song by like Pretty Ricky or Chris Brown or Pleasure mm. P or some shit yes. like that. It was a lot of diving. Like Yes, a lot of diving. It was a lot of niggas just humping and grinding, hitting the crybaby <laughs> on the floor. Lots of like R&B songs with like whiny niggas and Trey songs in it. And I'll- I used to really watch those videos like on YouTube. Like oh, send them to my friends. Oh, Paige. <laughs> Oh, Paige, you got you got the dastardly horny in you, don't you? I don't have the dastardly horny. The songs were good, and the choreography was created. Yo, Paige got the heinous horny. I be forgetting sometimes. Yo, I honestly wish I could find it. It was like these two boys in like a a room, which now sounds questionable. <laughs> I'm still like trying to find it, but like, but they were fully dressed in like their A T shirts and oversized uh, gym shorts, and they were like, "I want to make love to you." And like, yeah, turn around, let me look you from your head down. To yeah, and they table. would be like, "Oh, it wasn't two boys; it was a girl and a guy." And they did like all these flips, and it was like flipping each other over. And you know, you're 14; like, that's obviously what sex is like. One right. of these days, I'm gonna find me a man. He gonna flip me over and. Do me like a pancake. That is not the case. I mean, sometimes that is the case, but yeah. If y'all oh remember this, was a thing. if I had to place it, I want to say it was it was like very early YouTube. I want to say I want to say it was somewhere between like goddamn like two thousand fucking like nine and like two thousand eleven or twelve, maybe. If I had to place it off top, yeah. But yeah, it was it was a thing on the internet. Some of y'all I don't niggas- even know how to find it because when you type in stroke videos to you in YouTube, you get like white people doing um, line dancing. 
Yeah, yeah, it's probably hard to search at this point. Um, and I, I doubt niggas were captioning it as stroke stroke game video. Right. But that's very much what it was. And if you never saw it, consider yourself lucky because the rest of us did. And it was cringy. And, uh, oh my god, y'all really don't know. Honestly, I haven't thought about a stroke video in so long. <laughs> um, oh my god, what a time! What a time on the internet, Gary. Like, this is a good one. Like, this was such a good one because I really have forgotten that I would watch them, but I would. I did. I know, Paige. I watched them. You did. I did. And I rolled my eyes at every single one I saw. Oh, they were so good. You could get them on Facebook. <laughs> yes, a lot of the ones I remember were niggas putting, uh, were on them, on Facebook. Their, putting on them on their, their Facebook. Facebooks. And this is back when before Facebook is the app it is now. This is this. Oh is my god, that was also Facebook. a time. Honestly, yes. this speaks directly to what a time. Oh, on the internet, mine. Um. So every so often, speaking of how Facebook, Facebook was really like. Facebook really ended up being just like MySpace, but you couldn't have backgrounds. Like, it was ratchet. It was... It was. Like, it was crazy. And so, every once in a while, I'll get, like, a Facebook memory from, like, honestly, not even 10 years, because 10 years ago would be 19. Like, it'd be, like, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And all my captions, or rather, all my statuses are capital letter, lowercase letter, capital letter, lowercase letter. Mm. I used to spell baby with an I-I. It's like going to see my baby. Did you was ratchet? (laughs) I was Paige from the book. I don't know if y'all used to do that, but when people introduce themselves in high school, they'd be like, I'm so so from the book. Like you say your your book name. Because honestly, Facebook used to be the book. Like y'all really don't know y'all wasn't else. (laughs) We sound so corny and ratchet right now. We do sound so corny and ratchet, but I remember (laughs) when it was the book. It really, it was like that back then, and Paige is especially ratchet. I wasn't there, but I believe it happened. That was because we didn't have, like, people don't understand, we didn't have Instagram until we basically went to college. That's true. Facebook, and you had to lie about, because Facebook used to only, you used to only be able to have a Facebook if you were in college. Then they opened it up to um, high schoolers, and I actually got mine when I was in the eighth grade, because I fibbed the numbers a little bit. I had to go back and change my age eventually, but... Yeah, I remember. I, I th- I'm pretty sure I made my Facebook in 2007. So at that time, I would have been 16. So in like 10th, 11th grade. Yeah. My oh my oh my oh my. Yeah, what a time on the internet. Honestly, that this is a good segment. I like it. It's like short, sweet. It's really funny. Honestly. Tell us in the comments or send us a DM or whatever if you were like outside during that time. Let me know what your book was like, okay? And keep it a bean. If you made a stroke video, oh, tell us and about you have it. it. Tell us send about it. it, it. And, like, just let me know what was going through your head. We just want to. I want to understand the psychology of a nigga who makes a stroke video because I think you're I don't dangerous. care I if it's grainy personally, but. <laughs> I don't care if it's grainy and, and like the weird like aspect ratio that like TV used to be in. Send it. I want to yeah, see it. Even if you filmed it on your Motorola Razor. Yeah, send it to me. No, dead ass. Send it. 
<laughs> and Paige, will, Paige, hey, for a limited time, Paige will rate your stroke video. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. I will. Because there's a chance she's already seen it. Because she used to be watching the this... compilations back in the day. <laughs> I did. Oh my god, World Star compilation. Shout them out. What a time on the internet, bro. <laughs> All right, we're right at the hour mark. Do you want to do the Am I the Asshole? Uh, we could. Um, yeah, fuck it. Hit him, hit him with a long episode. Bet. You can keep this in, too. All right, so sliding through the Am I an Asshole. This one I found. I don't think it's going to be super controversial, but I do think it will be interesting. <clears throat> Okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to raise my son's child as I raise my daughter's child? I, 57 male, have two children or two kids, Erica, 24 female, and Dave, in parentheses, adopted, 25 male, with my husband, Liam, 62 male. So it looks like they're a gay couple with two kids. Okay. Erica um, is a girl and Dave is an adopted boy. When Erica was 16, she got pregnant and decided to keep her baby. I was very upset as I felt a child could would impact her future and she wasn't thinking of the consequences. However, after having her son Adam eight male, she's become more responsible and my husband helped raise Adam while she did high school and part-time when she completed her degree. She now works and supports herself and Adam. Dave announced recently that he and Anna, 25 female, are expecting their first child. This caused tension in our family. Erica is my daughter from my first marriage and is mixed race, while Liam, Anna, and Dave, Leah, me, Liam, Anna, and Dave are white. Anna went to the same school as my kids and made comments about both Erica and Adam's heritage. And shaming Erica for being a teen mom. Dave told us that um, Anna has grown up, has grown as a person and that she has changed, but Erica refused to be around Anna spending the holidays with her mom and was angry that Dave would be in a relationship with Anna after what she did. Anna has apologized. Uh, Anna has apologized, but after that talk, Erica feels the apology is insincere and took too long but does now attend family events and mostly ignores Anna, but will, but, <laughs> but will not allow Adam to be near her. I'm struggling to balance both relationships with my kids. Anna and Dave recently invited us all to their gender reveal. And I thought this would be a nice way to move the family forward as we all agree to attend. <clears throat> After the gender reveal, Dave asked Liam and I for our car keys as he went to load up some of the baby presents in our car. I was confused and asked why. Apparently, both he and Anna thought that like we helped raise Adam, we would help raise their new baby. So they wanted to load our car with some of the diaper bags, baby clothes for when we looked after our new grandchild. We told them no, (laughs) as we are too old now and they are both financially stable to look after their new baby. While we are happy to occasionally help out, they should be responsible for their own children as they are old enough. Dave says that him and Anna have a lot of student debt and can't afford to take time off and need child care more. Um, and need child care more as Erica got a single parent grant to help pay tuition. They called me and Leon unfair as they. <clears throat> They called Leon, they called me and Leon unfair as they raise a child, as they say raising a child now is expensive and we should help out. 
Dave has said we ruined Anna's big day as an expecting mom and that we should have at least no private, um, at least said no in private, but thinks that at least for the first few years should be hands on grandparents. Dave also accuses of favoring Erica over him, even though we said the situations are both different. I'm about to retire and Leon and I have plans for years to go back to our home country, which they both know. I would have said that I was in the right here, but Erica thinks we are being too harsh on Dave and Anna. Hmm. Also, sorry, listeners. I don't know why that fucked me up the way it did, but y'all got through it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we got through it as a family all together. Okay. Or am they the asshole? Off top, no. I don't think so. No, because yeah, because I mean, I I would agree. The situation was different. The team parent thing definitely is a is a different kind of a struggle. Um, and yeah, I mean, in both cases, there's consequences for your actions as far as having the kid and knowing what comes of that, and just kind of I don't know, I guess, kind of assuming that you'll have that crutch of parents is there to kind of fill in and fill in those blanks is kind of, uh, not wise. Cause you know, they are not, they're well within their right to be like, yo, I don't want to, I mean, I'll be a regular grandparent, but an active one. Ah, <laughs> I don't know about all that. So yeah, I don't think they're the asshole. I also don't think they're the asshole, but I think for like a similar but also different reason, I really think their kid is an asshole. Um, because one, you are 25. I'm assuming it sounds like you guys are both working, you're living together. And if you guys are doing a gender reveal, it sounds like you're keeping the baby, obviously. So like right. you're probably over the first trimester, probably even maybe past the second trimester. At what point were you going to have a conversation with your parents about helping out? Like, that's the issue is that the, there's an assumption here that like, hey, we're going to just load this stuff up because you're going to have the baby so often that you're going to need this. Like, as opposed to being like, hey, you know, we were doing the numbers and although you, we thought we could afford this, like based on childcare, like we actually need someone to watch the baby during this time. Like we can afford this much in childcare, but that's only part half day or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not even trying to work with your dad. You're just assuming like the reason why he took care of your sister's teenage, like your teenage sister's baby is because she was a teenager. She didn't live somewhere else. Like it wasn't like they were like, okay, we'll go back to your house and take care of your baby. Like the baby lived in the house with all of you. So like, if she can't take care of him, y'all like, it just naturally people are going to pick up the slack. You're not monsters. Also, she's literally a child. Like, are you, are you, are you hearing yourself? It's just a lot of assumptions as opposed to talking to your like dad. Like, it's kind of weird that you're like, oh, we could have said no in private. You, you could have asked me in private. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is like, so I don't think they're the asshole. I do think that the, you know, again, if they can help, it would be nice because I do understand it is expensive. However, if you decide to have a child, you can't depend on other folks who are not also agreeing to have a child. Yeah. Like, so parenthood, you got to have, you, you always have to have a plan. Like there can't, 
like now what? You know, like you, you your only plan included them, <laughs> right? You you didn't That's you didn't you plan for a worst case scenario where you had to do it by yourselves, like. Yeah, I are you agree. had to ask someone else? The kids are the the kids are the asshole, hundred percent. There, it was poor, piss poor communication, especially when it comes to something that's so like major and something so significant. Right, and like I said, like the baby's here now, or rather, like the baby's like the baby's probably far enough that deciding not to have the baby at this point would be a very difficult decision. Yes. So. You know, good luck to that man. <laughs> I hope his kids figure it out, but I don't think he's the asshole. Because again, like, I don't think it's wrong to say like, hey, I, I'm i too old to be taking care of your baby. Because the fact of the matter is that like, kids take a lot of energy. Yes. They need to be um, entertained and taken care of and paid attention to. Like, a baby for maybe a little bit sure, you know, because they sleep a lot of times. But even then, like, Young babies, they can still, you know, get hurt. They can, they just need stuff. Like, I want to relax. I want to mind my business. I want to take a nap and not have to worry about is the baby okay? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's a, it's a big assumption for you to assume that I would be ready to just like be a full time caregiver to your kid. Yeah. Without any conversation. And now, and that with that, the older I get, and I'm only thirty two, but the older I get, the more I understand people wanting to retire and then not do shit. Right. Like being in the workforce or it just, just that just being in the workforce and paying bills is exhausting. Like I'm ready to retire and not do shit. I can only imagine having to be in the workforce and pay bills and raise kids like doing that all the way up to adulthood. I can't fucking imagine what goes into that. So hitting like your hitting your like late fifties, early sixties and being like, no, I'm doing it my way now. I want to retire. I want to move back to my home country. I want to go fucking buy a vacation home with my boo somewhere and just and just mac shit. You deserve it. You deserve it. If you don't feel like being an active grandparent, you completely have that right and nobody can call you wrong. Sure, there might be some people who turn their nose up at you like, oh, what, what about family? Family should always be first. It's like, well, family made a boneheaded decision. So, right. Here we are. So I, 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 even though I am not even sort of close to retirement, I, I feel him on that one. Cause I'm right. And that's tag. what I'm saying. So honestly, like, I mean, I'm again, I can understand how that can be really difficult and hopefully the kids and the grandparents can work something out, but I did not agree to have this baby. I did not take any actions to have this baby. You were also not a child. And that's the thing, like I said, like it's just apples to oranges. Your teenage sister who may not even have that, who have, who may not have had the support of the person who helped go half on the baby, because it seems like she didn't, who also was living in your parents' house, who was also a minor and therefore a responsibility of your parents. Um, it's just not the same. And that's not even touching the fact that you decided to um, impregnate a racist who was rude to your sister. Like I didn't even like I didn't even go there. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, we didn't even touch on that part. Right, like girl, you tried it. You tried it. You gave it a shot. Yeah, you reap what you sow. That's really need to be the that needs to be the theme of this episode. You reap what you sow. 
billionaires, you reap what you sow, rapists, you reap what you sow, am I the asshole? Stroke video niggas, you you reap what you sow, you know what you were doing when you took your shirt off and you put that fitted on and them loose sweatpants. Oh, when they would do the shirt like this? Yeah, that's my oh, favorite. Y'all, y'all can imagine it when you put the shirt over your face so that people can see your abs do the little, the little do snakey the little wave. Ooh! All right, all right, all right. Paige. I don't like how you did that. Ooh! So I'm gonna, <laughs> we're gonna wrap. This. I'm gonna go ahead and end the episode. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, yeah. prefer, I didn't prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's head out. <laughs> Let's. As always, thanks for rocking with us, y'all. Um, join the conversation on social media. Talk to us. Um, if you have a you know a wild, if you have a story or something like that of having a having a dead somebody, you can spare the innocent. Of course, you don't have to give any. Well, sorry, spare the guilty. You don't have to give any names. Uh, if you, if you relate to any of our topics and have any things you want us to to hear about that you relate to, let us know. Um, if you have if you have moments from the internet that you think we should talk about, let us know. Anything like that. Appreciate your support. Have a lovely rest of your day. Peace. Peace.